in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Last night, the Vancouver Canucks took a 3-0 lead on the Edmonton Oilers. The Vancouver Canucks lost 5-3 in that game, and Connor McDavid had a hat trick. <laughs> didn't he say before the season he's going to lead in he's going to lead in scoring and, Did he? Uh, and I others, yeah I think he I think not getting the MVP last year kind of put him to the side and uh, he's off he wants to, to a come good back. start he's off to a pretty good start <laughs> is oh wait so are we gonna is Connor McDavid is he gonna be like how we consider LeBron where for the majority of LeBron's career people are like he could have led the league in scoring every single year if he wanted to but he wasn't somebody that was just out there hunting his own points. He was trying to actually get the yeah. best shots on possession. That's a good, that's is that, a good comparison. Is that going to be McDavid? Like, good he's comparison. just going to go all out to score goals? Until this year. Yeah, now he's just going to say, to hell with you. Get away from me. I'm scoring every time. So 75 goals? Why 75? Make it 85. Yeah, going, let's get to triple going. digits. Yeah. He, oh, it'll be great. He still did have an assist last night. So four total points for Connor McDavid. It's going to be great. Listen, if this if we get some ridiculous season where he's got like more games with a hat trick than games with zero goals, I hope so. And they and they oh, yeah. and they somehow miss the playoffs. Like that'd be hilarious. Well, they're not going to miss the playoffs. It's Edmonton. They're second. It's Edmonton. We've made our predictions. They've done, you've made your predictions. I've made my predictions. Second place. <laughs> You're allowed to change. I will not deviate. How, okay, how come you do this on everything where you're like, I'm not going to change my prediction, except for the AFC ch- champion yes. last year, where you would change your team every week. I And changed. that was the one time if you had stuck with Cincinnati, you would have been, been right. You would have been right all the way. Um, no, I can't deviate. Calgary, <sighs> Edmonton, the Golden Knights. So I think they'll take that for now. Yes, absolutely. Daddy had a breakaway. Cooper Rush is expected to start this week. Dak Prescott did throw passes on Wednesday, the first time since his hand injury. But Mike McCarthy said they are preparing for Cooper Rush to start. So Dak, the the whole thing that we've heard reporting-wise was hand strength for Dak Prescott. And basically... Well, it's ending up being what they said in the beginning before Jarrah went right. out and said four weeks. Like, no, he broke something. It's going to be six days. So right. it's kind of ending up being that. So Jerry Jones... So Jerry, somebody told Jerry Jones... Hey, Dak will be able to hold a football in four weeks. Right. And Jerry Jones is like, well, he's playing this. Yeah. Get him in the lineup right. if he can hold that thing. And in reality, he can't. I, I'm guessing. Can't grip it. Can't yeah, throw it. The reporting was once he was able to grip the ball as normal, Correctly. he would yes. be ready to go. Yes. And I'm guessing since sure, Wednesday was the yet. first time he threw it, then that's it. Does anybody, you think anybody has tried to give him a uh, handshake? No, fist bumps. Okay. That might even be a little dangerous. You got to go left-handed, off-hand high five. Off-hand high five? Yeah. That's all you got to do with Dak from here on out. No handshakes, no fist bumps, <laughs> just left-hand or high five. High five. Or they do the, the little forearm. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That the might be a little touch. violent. Yeah. yeah. I like that. When guys do it in baseball, it's a little violent, so you might not want to do that with Yeah, Dak. those guys swing. Yeah. Cody Bellinger, like, threw out his shoulder doing that. Like ripped up his shoulder. It happens. Maybe that was the reason. And you got to pinch hit for him in the late innings because yeah, he's not any really good. Fastball. <laughs> I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just got. <laughs> All right. One of the best stories of the year. The two fishermen that were caught cheating. If you don't remember this story, there was a fishing tournament. Great video on it where the director of the tournament went and cut open their fish and found lead weights inside the fish. Also, 
little pieces, fillets of other fish inside the fish that they caught. Um, these two fishermen have been indicted. Uh, felony charges of cheating, attempted grand theft, and possessing criminal tools, plus a misdemeanor charge of unlawfully owning wild animals. Here was my first... Got a lot of questions what? on this. Very short story without a lot of details. First off, what is what is felony charges of cheating What is mean? cheating? Like, that's a, that's a felony? Like, if I were to somehow cheat in fantasy football? I think it's because of... Uh... It might have been whatever the prize money amount right, but that, was. But, that's but the that grand would fall theft. under that. That would fall under the theft. Would, in my mind, that falls like yeah. they're they're stealing You're the money. Stealing from money. People. You're right. stealing money, but cheating. I didn't know that. There's a law against cheating. Cheating. You know how many people would be in jail? <laughs> how many teams? How many players? I mean, professional. Tyler wouldn't have a team. I to would not have a team right no, now. You're in, right. In the, in the playoffs. Professional fishing is very serious. I, oh, yeah, I, I think it is, but I just That's why they got felony charges on grand yeah. theft. But just the <laughs> fact that cheating is somewhere in the law book is very strange. Um, the other question I had possessing criminal tools. Did I miss a detail of this story? What are they calling are they about to tell me the lead weights are criminal tools? That has to be what they're talking about. There's no one it's like, not, they the did guy s- with a knife didn't get charged and right. he cut him open. <laughs> they did seize their boat. So maybe well, yeah, who knows what they have there in the was boat. something yeah, on the boat. the boat but like I don't know we haven't at least I haven't seen it we haven't gotten that detail on what the hell the criminal tools would be I hope the criminal tools are the lead weights and they're yes. like ah that's a tool you use to commit Shoving a crime them down those fish <laughs> I'll look into it I'll report back tomorrow uh very important and then the last one was a misdemeanor charge on unlawfully owning wild animals well that goes to the cheating did well did right? they cuz here was the other the, the whole story on this that Yahoo did, one of the ways that people have cheated in the past in fishing tournaments is they'll catch a fish before the tournament starts, hide it on their boat, right. and then when they go out and fish, they'll be like, oh, look what I just caught, right. which is against the rules. Would that be considered unlawfully owning a wild animal? Or the the pieces that they put in the fish stomach. Maybe, yeah. They caught a different fish, cut it. I don't know. Yeah, it but these it fish up and put it in the fish. These fish diet like no, because uh, well, depending on what their boat is like, they have a storage compartment that has water in there to keep the fish alive. Yeah, yeah. But the tournament yeah. director went over and cut its stomach open. So right. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> he's not coming. He's not coming back from that. Yeah. So I just I'm. I have loved every part of the story, and now the charges. The charges seem so wild that it feels like a hey. We are going to throw everything we can find at you, and you're going to plead to a lot less than this, but we just want you to plead to a lot less than this. Felony cheating. I don't even know what that means. I I have no idea what that means. Again, I think that goes back to whatever the prize money was. At a certain level, it's considered felony. I think that's the grand theft. Attempted grand theft would be attempting to take the prize money that you didn't deserve to win. Right. The 26, that, I think it was like 20 something thousand. Of all the things that I'm seeing on here, that, that makes the most sense. Right. Absolutely. But the other things are like criminal tools and cheating and unlawful animals. There's just so much on there that it just sounds like, it, again, it sounds like they're charging them for way too much and then trying to get some sort of deals with them where, okay, we're going to drop the felony criminal tools charge and on the cheating you. and it's just going to be you know it's going to be the grand do they theft. go to jail over this i mean felony charges i i mean i would have to imagine even the fishermen that you were yelling and screaming at them in the video i would have to imagine eh, maybe not they were pretty intense but i would have to imagine if these guys agreed to like 
pay everything back some way or another, then everybody else would be like, okay, they don't need to serve time in jail. But pay uh, everything there were some back. Bad people. At Maybe that they thing. are. There Maybe were some they are. Bad people at that thing. But I would. I my guess would be. Hey, pay everything back. Um, Didn't we hear someone yell, you should be in jail? Yeah, somebody did. Pay everything back and, like, you're banned from all fishing tournaments. And, right. And I I feel like that would be... Yeah, I don't think they're getting back on the circuit. <laughs> God, I hope they show up with mustaches. That'd be great. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Pete Carroll says Drew Locke... Is nipping at Geno Smith's heels. Wait, now or was? Now. Right now. Geno Smith has been like the revelation at the quarterback position this year. The guy's better than Russell Wilson. Second best quarterback in the West. He might, yes. He might be. the top quarterback in the West right now. Yes. He's been great. We know Drew Locke sucks. Yeah. And this is Pete Carroll who in the offseason said we have two number ones. And... Listen, maybe we should listen to him because Geno Smith has played like a true number one. But what are you doing? Geno's been awesome, and you're just like, ah, Drew Locke's right there, baby. Drew Locke's coming yeah, for his job. Carol. Please, please bench him and put in Locke. That'd be yeah. Phenomenal. Let's see what he let's see what he does. Locke goes out and throws four interceptions. Oh, 100. percent They won't bench him, but like if Geno were to get hurt or something, and Locke walked in and threw oh, four picks, yeah, you'd look back and be like, what the hell is like? He's we- not nipping in any heels now. <laughs> Somebody's going to look over to Carol and be like, nipping, huh? If, if he yeah. came in and threw four picks with a hurt Geno Smith, they would probably cut Drew Locke and bring in somebody yes. else to nip at Geno's heels. Those are great. That's, that's another great question. Oh, other Seahawks news. The NFL will move the Seahawks game on Sunday back if the Mariners and Astros series goes to four games. So the Seahawks and Cardinals right now are scheduled to kick off at 105 in Seattle. The Astros and Mariners, if it goes to four, would play at 12.07, so an hour difference. The NFL has agreed or has decided that if Mariners-Astros goes forward, they'll move kickoff from 105 to 230. My question on this... Is it if the Astros go four games? Well, I don't think they are. But my question on this, have can you remember a time where the NFL was the league that was like moving their No, it's their usually game. the other leagues that move their things for right. the NFL. Almost universally, we or talk the WNBA about, doesn't move well, anything, and they uh, play right on top of the NFL. Right. Almost universally, we talk about, hey, don't schedule things with the NFL. Don't compete with no, the NFL. Don't compete with them. And like, it's the baseball playoffs. You can't just take off days all the time. You're going to play on the same day as an NFL Sunday. But I'm just, I'm it, to me, it's it. May, I'm sure it's happened before, but it seems like a pretty rare event where the NFL is out here saying it's the one moving right, games. Okay, right. we will move our right. game, and you know, let them. yeah, because. I mean, I know it's a playoff game, Mariners and Astros, but if I'm the NFL, it's like, well, we're getting more of the ratings. Yeah, exactly. The NFL, it doesn't matter who's playing. And I, who's playing. I do find it funny that they're, they are willing to move the game, but only an hour and a half, so they're, they're still going to be overlap. Yeah. Like that Astros-Mariners yeah. game starts at 12. It's not getting over until uh, 3.15, 3.30. Yeah. The Seahawks game will have been... Starts they'll, at 2.30. Yeah, they'll be playing I mean, for an the hour. the first quarter. So maybe it helps because the, the other part of this in Seattle, the stadiums are right next to the baseball and football stadium are right next to each other. So maybe this is a level of, of uh, like, traffic control, yeah, congestion and stuff like that. Yeah, to but where, with, yeah, but with tailgating and stuff. Yeah, I mean, football fans anybody, are getting there as baseball fans, get fans like are getting there. Five hours early. Exactly. They both get there at the same yeah. time. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh, 
Tua will not play this week for the Dolphins. He's been ruled out. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is also out with an injury, which means Skylar Thompson, seventh round pick in 2022, will make his first career start. He completed 16 to 33 passes, filling in for Teddy Bridgewater last week. Uh, he's not very good. Dolphins, are they just gave up 40 to the Jets and got blown out. Uh, they went from really good start, really good story. This team is definitely a playoff team to, uh-oh. Are they winning another game? Who did the Dolphins get? The Vikings? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so this is uh, could be spiraling quickly to a bad season for the Dolphins until Tua comes back. Then I'll be curious to see. Well, I'm very curious to see when he comes back and yeah, what exactly. that looks that's like. The, that's the key part. When are they actually going to bring this guy back? Because yeah. they have, for obvious reasons, been absolutely slow playing Tua coming back. Well, like, yeah, when Mike absolutely. McDaniel gets asked about it, he's very he's very certain to say, we're not worried about him getting back on the field. We're worried about him being, being healthy, healthy, being okay. Right. So they are, for every reason, obviously, right. slow playing it. But it does appear as though Tua is going to come back at some point. I'm just curious when that is and what exactly does their record look like when that happens. All right, coming up next, we'll jump into some Major League Baseball because the Padres beat the Dodgers. The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club at the Suncoast. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat Drink and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night with shows at 7 and 9.30. We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. By the way, uh, we got a tweet from Jordan Goodrich who says, when you use a hammer to break into something or wire cutters to snip something, when it's a value, you get charged with possession of burglary tools. Okay. So it'd be the same logic with the weights, apparently, that the fishermen used to commit a crime when they made the fish way more than they actually did to win a fishing tournament. So I guess that is the logic behind possessing criminal tools. So it is the lead weights that are criminal tools that Makes the sense. fishermen had. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. That's cool. God. Maybe Jordan can tell us wh- wh- why cheating is a felony. Because <laughs> I still haven't figured that out. The, well, the cheating the cheating charge. I just, it's got to be a felony. It's, a fel- it's got to be a felony. All oh, cheating. Come felony. On. Cheated a card game? Oh, felony. Felony? Yep. Going to jail. The chess Great. guys. Can you can you that imagine we talked about yeah, cheating? the chess guys? Oh, chess guys. Can you imagine cheating at like family game night, and like your your mother is like, I mean, I'm I'm calling the cops on you. I mean, imagine it. I've experienced it. <laughs> what do you mean, imagine it? Are you going to go to jail because you had your softball team stealing signs? <laughs> oh man, I would have been locked up for years. Are you Ed kidding Grady, me? Ed Grady's a felon. Yeah, what'd you do? <laughs> had some eight-year-old had, steal some signs. Had some eight-year-old touched her helmet for a fastball and touched her arm for, <laughs> for a changeup. Be great. All right. Padres beat the Dodgers 5-3 to three last night. The series is tied at one. Ed is not very happy? No. Are you, or is this more like... You know what I can't wait to see? Every Dodger game at Petco in the last, I don't know how many years has been majority Dodger fans. I want to see now in the playoffs because I assume that was Padre fans selling their tickets. Probably. So I don't think that happens this time. Last season, I went uh, Labor Day weekend to all three Astros Padre games. Right. The stadium was 90 plus percent full and it was 90 plus percent Padre fans. Right. Like it. So Padres fans exist. Like they're, yes, they're, they're there. out there. They go to the games. So but I'm telling I'm, you, the Dodger games have been all Dodger fans. I got to imagine playoff I, game and first first home playoff game. And, okay. I got to imagine it's 
it's still. I agree with you. I think it's there's going to be seventy five percent or more LA chant fans. and yeah. I think it's I think it's mostly Padre fans. It'll be so. What we're getting uh, this year in baseball, we are getting the Mariners who have not had a home playoff game since two thousand one. The Padres haven't had one in 16 years and the Phillies haven't had one. I think it's 11 years or something like that. Like we've got three teams that are going to get a home playoff game this weekend that their fans have not had one right. in a decade or two decades. Right. So there should be some yeah. fun atmospheres. Oh, baseball. I think San Diego will go crazy yeah. because of that rivalry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you get and that Padres rivalry. Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, it'll be huge. Um, were you happy to see Josh Hader in, in the eighth inning trying to get a four out save? Yeah. I thought they might get to him. So, he did walk a batter in the eighth, but got out of it and then did allow a double in the ninth, but ended up getting out of the ninth as well. I'm I'm fascinated to see, and maybe they don't get a lot more opportunities because if they get eliminated in this round, they can only play, you know, three more games. But I'm curious to see how the Padres actually, how trustworthy they are with Josh Hader. Last night, very trustworthy, right? Come into the eighth and get out of it and then come back out for the ninth to get three more outs. That's very trustworthy of your closer, but he's a guy, his ERA was over five this year. He struggled at the end of his time with the Brewers, came to the Padres and like couldn't get out of an inning. Oh, he imploded for a long time. Like, it was better in the end, but like, yeah. when he first came over, he completely imploded. And the Padres bullpen in this series has been very good. They haven't allowed a run oh, in, yeah, in nine and a terrific. third. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with Hater. It seems as though they're going to use him as a as a shutdown closer, as a guy that can get more than three outs and all that. So I'm curious to see if that continues and how like he gives up one run in a game is he is he just done as the closer then, right? Like like if last night if he had blown the lead, are they just not going back to Hater again? Granted if he blows the lead last night, they're probably over in three, but I'm curious to see how trustworthy Bob Melvin is up Josh Hader because the high end of Josh Hader is you're not touching him. The game is over right. as soon as he comes in. Right. But the low end is all of a sudden there have been six runs scored and you yeah. don't know how it happened. So we'll see there. How much? Game, uh, they, already, they announced game three, Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. So how are you feeling about the starting pitching? I you, mean, you didn't I, like I it the whole before, regular season. I said before he, I mean, he had a heck of a season before he got hurt. And I think working his way back, the most innings he's pitched in a game is two or three. So are you just hoping for two or three and then go bullpen? I'm I'm a little surprised they didn't start Anderson. Because Tyler Anderson conceivably could have thrown a hundred pitches. Yeah. Right? He could he could go yes. out there, you know, if he's good, throw a hundred pitches and that gets you through five or six or seven or whatever. He's out there. It is an interesting move. Um, especially because correct me if I'm wrong, the national league games, three, four, and five are all, all in a row, right? There's yes. no off day. So if you're going to effectively a bullpen game in game three, and this series goes to five, you're going then to you're a going bullpen Anderson game four. And then you're going, I think, well, he started on Tuesday. Game five would be Sunday. I think you go back to Urias, right? Yeah, you can, you can go back to Urias easily, but if you go to a bullpen game in game three, you're basically taxing your bullpen with the idea that there could be two more games in the next right. two days. So if you go to a bullpen game and then in game four, Tyler Anderson blows can, up, can only get through four or less. You're having to go back to your bullpen when presumably you just used all of your best relievers right. the day before. And there might be a game five the next day using relievers on back-to-back -back days. Most people don't care about. They'll do that. No problem. But having to use your best relievers on three straight days, 
I most teams try to avoid that until it's the postseason or until it's a big situation. But if you're going to have to ask multiple guys to come back three straight days, which is a possibility, it's a little rough. That's an issue. So I'm I'm that to me is the the curious part on it when you have three days, three games in three days, is setting up the bullpen game in the first game of that series. They need to get tomorrow because I don't know if you want Musgrove with a chance to win it on the mound. He's not that good. You guys got to U Darvish yesterday. I mean, come on now with that with that ear uh, <laughs> gel. <laughs> come on. What would Dave Roberts have to see to ask the umpires to check the pitcher, especially if it's Musgrove? I mean, I don't think he would, but if the spin rate gets to what it was against the Mets, his spin rate got just higher and higher as the game went on. They said, like, oh, it's adrenaline. It's adrenaline. Big game performer. Uh, he pitched three times against the Dodgers in the World Series when he was with the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, big big time performer in Joe Musgrove. You like him? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did give a quote saying he wants to win a real ring going into this postseason. So, like, calm down, Joe. You got a real ring. but Oh, no, he said that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like you can give back the ring you got if you yeah, don't exactly. think it's if real. You don't want it. But he still has it. Just like Mike Fire still has his ring, even though he just like everyone gives the Dodgers a hard time for the COVID year championship. And I'm like, if that's you, you're having a parade. Mickey Mouse ring. You're having a parade. The Mickey Mouse especially ring, the, Ed. especially the Padres. It's not a real ring. If that's them, the, the the parade the parade which Danny and I love because we love parades would be through Petco and they'd go all the way through town if the Padres had won that World Series. If the Padres win. This series right now against the Dodgers, they should have a parade before the NLCS oh, through LA. I'm I'm telling you, they should they <laughs> they would if they could because this is I'm I'm convinced. Maybe this sounds crazy. I'm convinced you could find some Padre fans, not all, that if you say you get a choice, win it or beat the Dodgers, they'll take beat the Dodgers. Yeah, they 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 fair. hate them that much. It's it's insane. <laughs> it's great. Degenerate Danny, what are you doing? You hate him? I no. I'm a I'm a Nationals fan, so the only team that I strongly dislike is the Mets. Mm. More like, so than the Braves? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the Braves I think, have been way better for the last Yeah, I know, but I also think it's it's more um in lines of like location. Mets are a lot closer than Atlanta. So they are, there tends to be a lot more Mets fans at those national games. Uh, do you need the goose on the field more? Oh, man. <laughs> I actually had a soundbite with that call, but you can barely hear it over the stadium noise. So oh, the, the cheering? Yeah. There's a goose in right field if you missed it last night. What was that, in the eighth inning, I think, of the yep. game? Just chilling in right field. They eventually got it off the field by throwing a towel over it and yes. throwing it into a trash can. And then I assume they let the goose live and took, <laughs> took care of it. Genuine question, was the goose hurt? When they took it and threw it in the uh, trash can? Or, when they, or was he hurt when he went on the field? Well, either one. because Well, before they threw him in the trash can. Because when he landed, it looked awkward, like the parachuter going into Kansas City. It looked awkward. And then when he was laying there, he also looked awkward with his wings sort of like half extended. Right. Like, was that goose hurt? Because also, uh, geese, not that they're afraid of people, but they don't just land on baseball fields right, on a exactly. regular basis. Yeah. Like, I almost think that goose was probably injured, and that's why it just stopped and was like, I need to stop flying. Look at that green <laughs> that green stuff. That's going to work for me. Phenomenal. I love the goose on the field. I hope the goose is okay. All right, coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show. 
Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. Good morning, Darren. How How are you? What's happening, buddy, Eddie? How are you? Does that make me buddy or is buddy a (laughs) phrase to describe Ed? I, I love Ed. Ah, okay. All right. Fine. Fine. Be that way. Um, I got an important question for you. What are yep. you wearing tonight for the gold carpet? Oh. Uh, I have a one of my favorite suits that is well accessorized, appropriate like appropriately accessorized. Does that mean there are gold accessories? Is that what you're telling me? I, I you're you're very perceptive. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Have you ever thought of going into detective work? I should. Um, who is most likely to just wear a completely gold suit on the gold carpet? Um, players or broadcasters? I, either one. I want broadcasters. Yeah. I want broadcasters. Uh, I would say, well, Shane for sure. Shane. <laughs> yeah. Shane might have done that in the past, in fact. But, uh, but Shane is our leader in the fashion department. He gets a full opening night outfit player side to would anybody to do it, would anybody do it on the player side uh i would go well maybe william carlson or yeah. jack eichel I, I i do want to tell you if you're if you're legitimately interested in this watch the uh, pregame show uh, on the AT&T side because Ashley Vice has done a player poll uh, on some of the best and the worst uh, people that uh, that could be walking the red carpet from a fashion side of it, <laughs> and uh, she will have uh, some some interviews and she will be dialed into that part along with her regular responsibilities on the on the hockey part. So, will she grade them? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm on if board. She, if she doesn't, Elliot and I will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on board. Okay. Would you wear, I can't remember who did it last year, but would you wear like the suit with the suit shorts rather than the full length pants? I believe you're referring to Jonathan Marsh's okay. though, if you're number one or two. And no, I would not. Oh, come uh, on. You don't I, show off the legs a little? It's still warm nope. in Vegas. I uh, it reminds me of HEDC, and I feel like that that needs to be left uh, left alone uh, to that. Plus, uh, I, I'm a rather I'm on the conservative side. I'm trying to branch out on that since since I've moved to, to Vegas. I've certainly become uh, a little bit more outgoing, uh, stretching that. But uh, but the shorts part uh, that is beyond me. I don't own any, but I would absolutely wear them. If I was, you would? Oh, if I was somewhere where I had to wear a suit and that, that was somehow acceptable as well, absolutely. You'd have the shorts? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. You would also wear board shorts with a suit coat. Oh, 100%. So I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't consider you as uh, as my go-to person for, oh, for you fashion. Right? No. I will dress as informal as possible for every occasion. <laughs> and if that includes wearing yeah. shorts, I'm all on board. Um, like, you're not, you're not thinking a suit with matching shorts you're just thinking uh, a suit jacket with shorts yeah 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 absolutely. yeah, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll wear yeah, gym shorts with it just yeah. in case we need to play basketball at yeah. some point uh, that's illegal yeah ready to go all right um let's uh, let's overreact to one game uh this actually isn't that much of an overreaction but is what we saw from logan thompson is that a realistic expectation of what he will be throughout the course of the season can you tell me what you interpret uh, that to be 
solid, but not spectacular. Like not the reason they're going to lose a game, but not the reason they're going to win a game. Obviously he'll have varying performances, but at the end of the year, we'll look back and think, Hey, what he was in game one. That's very similar to what he is the entire year. Solid, but not, you know, a top 10 goalie in the league. Yeah. I I don't think that that would be a bad thing. uh, Tyler, for for a guy breaking into the to the league, starting his first ever season opener, had uh, 20 games experience uh, before uh, that game number one, uh, being in the in the top to middle of the pack, uh, not not losing you games, allowing this team uh, to to win games and and keep them in it. Uh, that that to me would be an acceptable performance. I'll make this case tonight uh, because I, I do have it as part of my notes. I think there's a little bit of Grant Fear in in Logan Thompson. And for those that don't know, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, played a bunch of teams in the National Hockey League, uh, made uh, his name with the Edmonton Oilers in that dynasty. And he was well known for uh, he, he might win games 7-6 or 7-5 or 6-4, uh, and, and the other team would always think that they were in it. But when push came to shove at the end, they were never able to get that one important goal to be able to push the Oilers uh, and, and beat them. Uh, he was able to shut the door. And in watching Logan Thompson, especially the other night, it struck me that he, he might be that type of, type of goaltender. Uh, another overreaction, uh, as we asked yesterday, could Eichel and Stone be one of the best duos in the NHL? Uh, Eichel and Stone. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know how much they're going to play together. Well, even if they weren't, yeah. even if they're on different lines, can they can they combine to be one of the better duos? Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, absolutely. You you got one just flat out offensive genius, and then you have uh, arguably somebody that's uh, at a higher level when it comes to taking pucks away and and being able to put them in. And uh, you saw a little bit of both of uh, examples on on uh, opening night uh, where Eichel was flying from from the start, and I credit him for for kind of getting Vegas going. It was a conservative, uh, tiptoey uh, first ten minutes. They had they had some chances, but weren't really able to take control of the game. And Eichel had a rush halfway through that first period that got everybody going, and and from then on, it was fifty minutes of, of domination territorially. Uh, for for Vegas and and Mark Stone with with his all around game and upper end offensive abilities that that's a one two punch if they're playing on different lines that nobody wants a part of and and will be very effective uh, if if they were able to to match that up and, and keep it going very different players as as different as you can have uh, two players in the in the NHL but uh, but really really effective in their own way. Uh, I wanted to ask your thoughts on a a fun stat from that game. And I know there was quite a bit of uh, power play time for each team. So this affected it. But Paul Cotter led all Golden Knights forwards in ice time at just five on five. Uh, What do you make of that stat from game one of the season? They like him. They they really do. And they they got him into the game and gave him a chance to play in, in, in that opening night because he can do a little bit, a little bit of everything. He can be responsible, and he can generate uh, some some contact out there. And he has the ability to put the puck in the net. So uh, I, I think uh, you, you talk about baseball and, and being like a three-tool player, a four-two, five-tool player. 
uh, Paul Cotter checks off a lot of the boxes, and uh, and he's really uh, valuable for a coach. So I, I don't see uh, with his his foot speed um, and how he's grown uh, with his uh, experience and maturity in the game. Uh, I see him as a, as a really valuable part uh, uh, for a coach if he's in the lineup to be able to put out there. All right. On the other end, Phil Kessel took two penalties, no points, three shots on goal. Uh, did that concern you at all? No. No, the, the penalty. So Phil, Phil does that every now and then. To be to be quite honest, uh, he'll he'll get frustrated and he'll whack somebody. Um, I, I I was with him uh, when he was in Toronto, and 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 that happened. Um, uh, I he knows. Uh, he also realizes that uh, that he does get uh, frustrated, and sometimes he goes over the line. But uh, not not doesn't uh, concern me at all. I anticipate that he'll be able to keep that fairly under wraps. Uh, I'm accepting of the fact that it does happen. Uh, his team kind of got him off the hook a little bit. It could have, it could have been uh, something that uh, that was a major talking point uh, coming out of that game, but they were able to kill it off, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm hoping he scores 400 tonight, and I, I really am, because uh, that would be a heck of a, a way to play your first home game at T-Mobile. Mark Stone has the puck behind the net tonight in a tie game with 30 seconds left. What does he do? Passes. Does he, does he turn it over and lead to a Chicago goal like the Kings did? Uh, oh, you, you mean that type of breakout scenario? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you run the, how, what's too much time to run the clock out in a tie game in the third period? Well, that, that was too much time. And I don't think they were trying to do that, to be honest, Tyler. Uh, they, they got a, little disconnected in their breakout and there was a change taking place. If you, if you watch it back, the, the, the player with the puck was, was waving at his teammates, like, come on, regroup, do, do the, uh, the swoop on the breakout again. And, and uh, then they got, uh, uh, I think they started to panic a little bit because it was starting to get a, a little goofy, uh, uh, reminiscent of what Tampa Bay and Philadelphia did almost uh, more than a decade ago. Uh, where where that caused so much of a stir, uh, Google it, kids. Uh, then uh, then they they turned it up a notch and just made a, a glaring mistake and, and went for the uh, hail mary. And I don't know why, with with Vegas having stood there for twenty five seconds, why you would go for a stretch pass in that in that case. But uh, I, I think they uh, started to panic a little bit because of what was happening. I don't think it was strategic, but it worked out. Vegas. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. did. If you're going to pass someone, well, like, right uh, to someone. And you cover, you cover football all the time. Petro was like a, a free safety, just yep. uh, reading the quarterback's eyes and, and <laughs> jumping up into the play. Intercepting it. Did he even yeah. have to read him? He was just standing there already. He was just covering the guy to begin with. Well, it would have been easy for Petro in, uh, in, in any other situation to just play passively. Uh, either take uh, his his player out uh, by a, by a body check, or play sit back and and play a, a real zone and just l- hope the clock runs out and defend it. But I love the fact that that he was so aggressive. All right, Darren, I look forward to seeing your suit with uh, maybe or maybe not gold accessories. Uh, oh, go- it will, it will, it will have gold accessories, and and I expect you on your couch to be doing the same thing. Have gold <laughs> accessories. I don't think that'll happen. Thanks, Darren. Thank you, buddy. Come on. See you, boys. So there's Darren Millard. Uh, you can catch him on AT&T Sportsnet for the home opener tonight. You can also hear him on VGK Insider Show 
uh, throughout the week. Although I don't know if he'll be on today because he'll probably be at T-Mobile Arena. But now we got tickets to give away. If you want to go see in this moment, we got a four-pack of tickets for you at the House of Blues. They're performing tomorrow, and we got four tickets. So if you want to go see in this moment at the House of Blues tomorrow, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You'll get four tickets. That's 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number three. Shelton Zeon, the tight end on the right side. Four-man front for San Jose State. Second down on a long two. And the handoff goes to Robbins. Robbins goes off right tackle. Gets a big hole. Goes down the sideline to the 40. And he's finally out of bounds. A 25-yard burst for Eden Robbins. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. All right, Danny, do you have an answer for us on what felony cheating is? I do. I'm very excited to find out what felony cheating is to avoid being arrested and charged with felony cheating. By putting weights in fish. (laughs) Okay, so first off, uh, cheating is, uh, according to Ohio law definition, engaging in conduct designed to corrupt the outcome of an athletic or sporting event. Okay. And that that is a you're telling me that is officially against the law in Ohio. That is that is their rule for cheating. Okay. In Ohio. Um well, they did that. They, yeah, so there's no denying that. They did. And then uh one of the sections of the law is if the potential gain from the cheating is $1,000 or more or if the offender previously has been convicted of any gambling offense or of any theft offense as defined in section 2913.01 of the revised code, cheating is a felony of the fifth degree. Well, it was more than a thousand bucks. Yes. A and lot more. Yes. It was almost 30,000 is a, is yeah. a pretty low yeah, threshold number. in my mind, like for a, for a so felony. Now that degenerate has found that <laughs> we understand it completely. Why is that a law? Like, what I happened mean, for them to be like, we need to put this... Who who cheated the, right. the government? And Like, who cheated for the first time in Ohio, and they were like, you know, we can't do anything. It's not against the law here. And, Urban Meyer? And I was reading another article. I believe it was the ESPN article that you sent us, and it said that... Um, they're being charged with three felonies, and if they're found guilty of the fourth charge, which is a misdemeanor, they could have their fishing license revoked forever in the state of Ohio. Well, well those guys. I assume uh, that's, that's going to happen that's anyways. Yeah. If it hasn't already happened, that's happening. <laughs> uh, genuine question. That's happening. If an Ohio State coach paid a football player. Cheating. To come play football for Ohio State. Could he be charged with, with felony, felony cheating. cheating in the state of Ohio? I guess I mean, technically you don't win a prize when you win a college football game. But like you get paid more as a coach. You get bonuses. Yeah. I mean, if they're getting the fishermen, Urban might be in trouble to it this day. Depends on NIL, right? Because now you can pay players. Oh, now, now with right. NIL, it's probably. Well, but you still, a coach still can't. Directly pay them. Not directly, right. but... If a coach commits a recruiting violation, like Air Force is on probation because they were recruiting during a dead period. If a coach in the state of Ohio sends a text to a 17-year-old during a dead period, 
I wouldn't consider that cheating because they're not doing something that changes the outcome of a specific event. They're yeah, just yeah, trying. They they're just trying to get a good roster. But I they, think it'll it change to be, the outcome of their games. But I think it has to be a single event. So like week one, if they if they do something to cheat to get a win, then he could be in trouble. I guess just that seems very broad in the world of sports where we know we know there's well, cheating and of sports. course there's cheating and i don't think ohio is immune to that no no, no, no. this isn't just <laughs> the people not. of ohio these are, these are these are fishermen <laughs> so obviously not um i'm i've got to be honest i'm props to jenner danny for finding that but i'm i'm shocked at that and it's like you said the thousand dollar threshold is really low right so these guys were at 30 grand so doesn't that cover what the felony charge of grand theft covers because if you're if the grand theft is basically alleging hey you stole this money from people right right but that's what the cheat the cheating thing is basically saying you stole you stole the money from from people people. right you influence the outcome of look i think you're right i think they threw everything against the wall and now they'll just plea out yeah you'll get they'll get something out of this but yeah they'll have to give the money back they'll be stripped from any kind of participation in any future events they'll be stripped from i mean who in the right minds would allow either of these guys in a fishing tournament ever again even if they went oh, to a different I would. circuit. Oh, if I ran well, a fishing you'd, tournament, you'd, you'd these guys, them. you'd I'm, be inviting them. I'm headlining it. Oh, email blast to everybody. These Jimmy two and guys Joe are, are coming. back. Watch out for the weights. That's right. Lead weights are legal <laughs> in my fishing tournament. How many can you pack into that fish?